Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of Android Faithful, your weekly source for the latest news, hardware, and apps for, as we said, the Android Faithful. I'm Ron Richards, and with me, as always... Oh, it's me, Jason Howell, also... Quinn Dwight is also here. <clears throat> That's me. And I'm back this week, y'all. Michelle Ramon. Michelle's we back! back. We, got a, we got a stack deck. The full team is, is here. Michelle, you survived not only CES, but also Samsung Galaxy Unpacked. How are you? How do you do it? I'm glad to finally be in a place where it's not filled with smoke all over. Gosh, that's the one thing I did not like about Vegas. Oh, I was going to say, Samsung Galaxy Unpacked is known for the cigar smoking. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Really? I'm sure like special effects from like the stage. And all the casinos, you know, all the casinos, all the slot machines. Yeah, exactly. Of course. The first time I went to CES and I went to I went to Vegas. uh, The first time I went to CES was the first time I went to Vegas, and I stayed at New York New York Hotel, which I was just laughing at the entire time (laughs) because. I'm from New York, and that's nothing like that. Um, and I remember I was there for like a day and a half, and I said to David Prager, who uh, I worked with at Revision 3, my uh, good, close personal friend, um, I turned to him, like, the thing about Vegas that gets me is the smell of desperation. Like, everywhere you go, every, everything just feels yeah. desperate. Yeah. It's like so. it's like lingering in the air. Whether whether you can smell it or not, you can totally feel it. Right, it's exactly. And then there. I sat down like at the bar. wearing it like a coat. I sat down at the bar to get a drink, and a lovely woman came up and talked to me and talked to me for a good while. Um, uh, and then she wanted money. Oh. <laughs> oh. I hear that happens in Vegas, too. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Michelle, you've survived, and you're here to tell the tale of Samsung Galaxy uh, Unpacked. We're super excited for that. But before we get started, we just want to remind everybody, and I want to thank everybody uh, for helping to support the show. Um, in fact, uh, we are all now independent podcasters. Jason, mm-hmm. you, you, you are you're Mr. Independent Podcaster now. Uh, but Android Faithful is completely owned by the four of us, and we're doing it on our own. And we th- want to thank everybody for your support. And if you're not supporting the show yet, um, you can go to AndroidFaithful.com, and there you can find a link to our Patreon at patreon.com slash AndroidFaithful. And there you can sign up um, at, we've got several different levels of that folks can sign up for. Um, as low as $5 a month, you can sign up and you get a free sticker mailed out to you and you get access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord. Um, if you sign up for 10 bucks a month, you get that sticker as well as a ad-free podcast feed so you can listen to the show without any ads. Um, but if you sign up for 20 bucks a month, um, I don't know if you know, but you get the ad-free uh, 
podcast feed. You get the Discord access. You get the sticker. But you also get a T-shirt. I don't know if people realize mm. you get a T-shirt. I realize I don't think in 28 episodes we've shown the T-shirt because um, I know that the four of us don't have a T-shirt. <laughs> um, but I wanted to show everybody this is the cool Android Faithful T-shirt that uh. my friends here, Steve and uh, <laughs> Tina, are hanging out, uh, just hanging out in their Android Faithful T-shirts. Um, but yeah, this is this show, it's the awesome Android Faithful logo on a T-shirt that you get mailed to you from our friends at Patreon. Um, so just wanted everyone to know that you get a t-shirt if you sign up for that $20 level. Um, and so we want to thank everybody for their support. And there's a reminder that if you are an eccentric <laughs> benefactor and you want to sign up for the $500 a month, uh, you could come on the show with us and be a guest on the show. So uh, check that out. So yeah, we're yeah. still waiting on that one. Yeah, we are, but, but it yeah. will happen. I am I am confident in the Android faithful that someone will want to hang out with us on a Tuesday night um, on the show live. So I, I just have to say, the logo for this show is totally merchable. Like it's a it's a solidly merchable logo, and that is on the 2024 to do list, Jason, sir. That is uh, <laughs> we, we, we're getting some exciting I merch can. coming out soon. So uh, that's for sure. Before right. we get into things, can I just make one real quick uh, yeah. thing about my uh, Pixel? Eight, my eight pro. Um, so I have the case. So when Google sent me this for review, they also sent me this case. So I think a lot of you know many other reviewers probably have a very similar case. And I can't show it with the screen uh, with the camera because it doesn't do close up very well, if at all. And my bright, my lights are really bright. But I just got to say, I've only had this for a couple of months, and the edges are starting to like pop open. So oh no, keep that in mind. That is the. Uh, the 8 Pro phone case by Google, and you might not have good luck with it you know, long term. Interesting. So, I'm not using a case on my Pixel 8 Pro, and I got to tell you, the screen is nicked. Like I've, I've, I have got all the little micro scratches way more faster than I did the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, so, uh, and when you recently had a scare yes. with your Pixel Fold, yes, right? perhaps Ron, you would like to yes. invest in a screen protector. Hey, everyone, Maybe. this is. I, I recently thought that at my family birthday party, where there were many, many toddlers banging f spoons and butter knives onto many, many phones, that. My phone was also, I mean, I think it might have been a victim of it. So I thought my my fold was cracked and I was getting ready to go down to the same day repair. Um, I went to see my assistant today. She was like, girl, you should get a screen protector. And then I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, I did have a screen protector. And it it is glass. This is glass and it's still cracked, but mm -hmm. it is cracked. Not my Pixel Fold. Good thing fold. that cracked and not the fold. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, I mean, I did have referred care, but, it, you know, hey, yeah. you know what? Like, I think this is like what 12 bucks or something so they're yeah, anyway. for sure they really yeah. are yeah it's worth Absolutely. it tempered glass and toddler proofish ish nothing is nothing is 100 percent toddler proof as a parent of two toddlers nothing yeah. is 100 percent toddler -proof. right although yeah. they're five now maybe they're not toddlers anymore but it's a buffer um, if anyway yeah. anything so yeah um, get a screen protector. so we've got so much samsung stuff to talk about but before and michelle i know you're you're, you're itching to get to it Jason, I know you're going to talk about it at the end of the show, and I'm going to put you on the spot, but for anybody who listens to the, this show and then doesn't listen all the way till the end, uh -huh. you have a new podcast, right? Oh, wow. I didn't expect this so early. Yes, I do. <laughs> so um, do it real quickly, and then we'll talk more about it at the end of the show. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. I announced last week a new podcast with Jeff Jarvis, me and Jeff Jarvis, called AI Inside. We were testing it at Twit while I was at Twit uh, inside the Club Twit walls, and now we're taking it public. And, you know, of course, I got Twit's blessing uh, to do that. So we've got our episode one tomorrow. Go to AIinside.show and uh, watch with us. And hopefully the ship 
holds together. <laughs> it will hold end. together. It won't be. A, it but, won't be a hallucination. I'm, I'm positive. So, all right. Well, yeah, you're going to tell, you're gonna tell us more Thank about you, it at the end. At the end of yeah. the show. So, Thank you, yeah, so Yeah, of course. That's awesome. All right. So that said, uh, let's get into the Samsung action. Michelle, tell us. What happened at Unpacked? Because I didn't watch anything. I didn't. I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm coming into this completely blind. They announced a phone. <laughs> Are you saying you want me to unpack Galaxy Unpacked? <laughs> yes, can please. You unta- unpacking Galaxy Unpacked. There you go. <laughs> Let's this unpack low, that a little more. <laughs> the low-hanging fruit of a joke. You got to do it every time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so of course everyone knows that Samsung unveiled the Galaxy S24 series at Unpacked. You probably heard the headlines, or you were expecting it to be announced. But of course, every year Samsung just has so much information to, un- to offload during their unpacked event it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around everything that they show off so while i was there i did i did like a live thread that covered everything they were announcing all the key points from the keynote and uh surprisingly one of the first things they started off with was the fact that all three devices in the s24 series will be getting seven years of not only security but also os updates which is huge bravo so i they're following Google. Like Google did this, and that was a big deal when they did it. And now Samsung is doing it. That's an even bigger deal, considering how much more phones they sell relatively. Yeah. Now, and do you think? Do you think they did it because Google did it? Surely they had to have already have had like committed to this before Google. Right, I mean, yeah. like, like you don't make this kind of decision, uh, like spontaneously in response <laughs> right. to another company oh. doing it, right? Because this <laughs> is this you got to invest so much money. Yeah. To getting all your partners, like to make sure you can do the um, updates appropriately, all the third party vendors you have to work with, and so on, and investing the money beforehand. You know, there, there's no way this wasn't planned ahead of time. They, I mean, they probably communicated, right? Just so they didn't mm-hmm. step on each other's toes. Like, yeah. hey, like, yeah. I get to go first. Like, we'll, we'll both do it, but I right. get to go first. Like, I get well, dibsies. Well, and especially, um, you know, this this event what really illustrated the kind of the tighter relationship that Samsung yeah. and Google do have right mm-hmm. now. And it just, while I was watching the event, you know, Hiroshi gets up on stage mm-hmm. and talks about some of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about in coming minutes. But, um, you know, it just, it reminded me of, how many years ago when Samsung and Google were not kind of in that relationship, Samsung was yep. stumbling over itself to never say the word Android. It really did not want to admit that anything there you know, on stage wasn't a product of only them. And now we're seeing this tighter kind of relationship in a number of ways. We talked, was it last week or the week before, about uh, quick share, nearby share, kind of that, yeah. that combo, and uh, in so many other ways. So I would be really surprised if they weren't in, com- in communication with each other around this in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I don't know. Google was all over this announcement. Like, yeah. um, we're, we're talking about one of the features that everyone associates with Google because it's directly coming from Google, which is Circle to Search. Yeah. But almost all of the AI-powered features that Samsung talked about that is part of the Galaxy AI suite is in some way related to Google. So the Galaxy S24 series, just like the Pixel 8 Pro, features Google's Gemini Nano large language model for some on some of its on-device features. But also, a lot of the cloud-based AI features that they're unveiling with the Galaxy S24 series, they're running on Google Cloud's Gemini Pro backend. So, like, Google's AI is everywhere on this device, and Samsung is taking full advantage of it. And most of the keynote, they talked about so many different AI features in yeah. the... Um, the native dialer app, they have a live translate feature that lets you like translate, um, you, you speak in one language and then it translates to another language and speaks it out the other end and then vice versa. You have all these new features in the Samsung keyboard app, like tone, grammar suggestions. You have a uh, chat translation feature that translates whenever you're type texting someone in like WhatsApp, for example, it 
translates in line the language that is being texted. There's a new interpreter app, which is just like the, the interpreter feature in like the Google Translate app. You have new auto formatting and summarization features in the Samsung Notes app, transcription summarizations in the voice recorder app, and a whole bunch of new features in the gallery app that allow you to like move objects, allow you to delete objects, allow you to move objects around. Like a lot of these things are things that you if you have a Pixel phone, you already have them in the Google Photos app, you have them in the Keep app, you have them in the Gboard app. But now Samsung's native versions, their first party versions of these apps, they're getting all of these features. So it kind of feels like Samsung is playing catch up to Google in some sense. But on the other hand, you know, this is still, you get the best of all of those Google Pixel AI features, but you also have the Samsung hardware, the and you don't have a Tensor modem, you have the uh, Qualcomm modem, you have Samsung software support, you have Samsung's, you know, after sale support, their accessory market, their Windows integration. So it's basically, it kind of feels like you're getting Pixel software features now, but without the Pixel hardware. And I, I don't know, I kind of dig that on the, on the S24. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you have an S24... Of course you <laughs> dig it, right? I mean, it, it, I, it, the one thing I thought of is, is that it 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 definitely I don't know if it steals the sunshine or steals the thunder from the Pixel line a little more, or rather spreads what Google's doing with AR. Obviously, it spreads what Google's doing with AR, not AR, AI, um, to more devices. But like, do they lose a little? Does it lose a little, uh, you know, jet fuel in the Pixel jet engine? I guess is my question, right? Um, I, I think the question then becomes how important is the Pixel, really? Right. To Why Google? Pixel? You know, yeah. because again, we're in a position where Google, where it feels like, yeah, it feels like some of that special sauce around the hardware is maybe being spread around to other devices. And at the end of the day, what is Google's strength? Google's right. strength, I think, is building these services that others can use. It, I love their hardware. Don't get me wrong. I have a Pixel, and I have since the beginning. But I don't know that the Pixel is an indication of their true hardware as a company. I think it's more about the services and the software that's underneath. And you know, there, there have been a lot of people like questioning, like, okay, things are getting a lot tighter between Google and Samsung here, and you know, Google is spreading the love around. It. it is there a possibility that Google plans at some point to take its foot off the gas of their hardware strategy and focus once again on the software and the AI and everything that's driving all of this stuff? Because they benefit so much from that. That's all that I got, honestly, from the announcement is that this is them kind of realizing that, I mean, it's, realizing is the wrong word because it's still, it's always been kind of funny, like what is their aim with Pixel, right? Because I think mm -hmm. we've all known for several years that, even though they doubled their market share last year, they doubled from 2% to 4%. It, and it's not like, I don't think, I don't know at what point in time you could have reasonably said they probably they would expect to ever overtake or come close to Samsung or even, you know, offer anybody else in terms of market share. But it, it's weird because like I was thinking last week, we covered how Assistant is just like, you know, uh, shuttering a lot of a lot of um, you know uh, features, and it seems like there's there's a dramatic there's a pivot going on in Google from stuff I've heard from just these stories that we've covered, and maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, hey, like we need to not just refocus our efforts um, onto AI and all these features that we're good at, but find a way to repackage them to get them to a broader audience, right? And like, I because all these things, you know, we none none of this stuff has been a surprise in terms of in uh, innovativeness or kind of like novelty. The novelty is like, oh, yeah, this tightness with Samsung. And Samsung is still like the number one Android OEM. Maybe like that they've just decided, okay, what we need to do is like, yeah, 
tur- like maybe like pivot away from our own hardware as like the showcase for all of these features that are very googly and letting Samsung, you know, be the spearhead on it. Um, that's kind of what I got out of it. I don't know. I don't work at Google. Wouldn't be able to tell you if I all the stuff if I did anyway. But that's what it felt like to me, um, especially with all the other stuff. And, and I think some of the, like, for example, some of the layoffs that happened were part of. I think hardware had a bunch of layoffs and core engineering. So it just feels like there there's a big shift, uh, and this kind of would make sense. Tinfoil hat, hat, like now on the side. So anyway. Well, I I think Google's strategy can more be summed up of they're trying to, no matter like what happens with their own hardware, they're still winning either way. Like, Mm -hmm. as I just mentioned, like their Gemini Nano model is being used on device. Their Gemini Pro model is being used for cloud-based features. And even though it's not their first party apps that are being benefited from, like all, they're still getting paid like yep. somehow, right? Like yeah. the, all the Galaxy AI features, Samsung is only promising they'll be free until the end of 2025. They haven't said that, you know, if they're going to charge for it, but someone's getting paid either way. And this is running on Google's model. So like Google is probably the one getting a big bag of money to run a lot of these AI features in the future. Yeah, that was really confusing to me on where Google left off. Like, where does Google leave off and where does Samsung begin in regards to Galaxy AI? It's because the feature seems so familiar and it's powered by Gemini. Does anyone know exactly, like, what what is the line between Samsung and Google with these features? Because it's, it's kind of confusing, uh, I guess... Maybe just as someone well, who knows this. Gemini is just the, the, the underlying model that it's being yeah, used to power yeah. these features. Yeah. And it seems like Google's broad strategy is basically you have Android and then you have iPhone. And with Android, you have a choice of hardware. You're not just limited to one phone. You, have, you can have Pixel and get the best of Google features. You can have Samsung and get the best of Android and Samsung features. You can get OnePlus and have you know, all those features and eventually some of the Google features too. You know, it's all about choice of hardware on the Android side. And Google is building software that allows OEMs to differentiate their software, but you know, still be interoperable with one another. Like we're seeing all these cross-device features that make Android devices work better together. And they talked about some of the new stuff like that are is coming first on the Galaxy S24 series, but also on Pixel phones. And then they also rolled out the new Quick Share. You know, it's kind of I feel like this is the strategy that Google is going. They're positioning mm-hmm. Android with all these different hardware bits versus just iPhone. And uh, not just phones, but a new wearable era. Is that where we're at with Samsung right now? I thought it was really interesting. At the very end of the announcement, the ecosystem expands. Mm -hmm. You thought thought it was done, and they didn't quite do one more thing with a big brouhaha. In fact, it was really kind of like interesting because they came out and spent like five or seven minutes on like health stuff and like sleep tracking and all these things like you've kind of heard before and everything. And then they tacked onto the end of it and coming soon, the Samsung galaxy ring, a wearable ring that you put on your finger. And they didn't really even talk about like what the two things that they just discussed had in common, but you could kind of fill in the gaps. And we found we found since uh, through different interviews with Samsung execs and stuff that it really is meant to be kind of like a health wearable um, that is essentially a stripped down version of the things that your phone can do already. So, or, or like I'm wearing the pixel watch too, this could do sleep tracking, but I don't want to wear a watch to bed. So I'm never going to do that. I would consider wearing a ring if, if it, you know, I mean, you're, you're already wearing several. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I even take that's true. I am wearing two. I do take them off at night, so yeah. maybe that maybe that is too far for me. But I'm way more likely to wear a ring that would track my sleep than I would be aware like a watch. And well, uh, that kind of sounds like what Samsung is alluding to here. Um, still pretty light on details, but they say um, that uh, you know it's it's going to eventually potentially have the ability to do activity tracking, sleep tracking, and um, yeah, they're coming after Aura. Yeah, I was just gonna say aura. that's what I was gonna say. Well, what, yeah, was that, what, what I think is super interesting, and we were talking about this before we, when we were prepping for the show. I've actually had more people in the past week ask me about this ring, like in my social friends that circle of friends, than I have about the phone themselves, because um, this was something different. This was something new to add to the marketplace, and I feel like Aura and the other kind of smart rings that are out there yeah. are all startupy, fringe, somewhat, you know, like. Um, early adopter, but Samsung doing a ring—that's like that's 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 market val- marketplace validation, right? Like mm-hmm. that is a wearable, mm-hmm. that is legitimate. A major company doing a ring, kind of like when Apple did the watch, it legitimizes uh, wearables. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I keep an eye on this one. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, there. I think also at the same time, I think also last week, Amazfit also announced a ring. But I mean, yeah, Aura's been around for a while. They, I think they've they've claimed to have sold over a million units. Like this was back in 2021. Um, Prince Harry and Kim Kardashian wears them, and and so I, I do think it's like yeah, going from that kind of high end elites kind of thing to yep. Samsung. And I mean, you know, it, if, if Samsung's going to have K-pop stars wearing 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 tracker rings by then whenever they come out end of the year next yeah. year just see it and they'll it, it makes a lot of sense um yeah. so so we'll see so. so we'll see but guess what it's not going to be just smart rings that do sleep tracking and fitness tracking it sounds like Samsung is racing not just Aura but Apple for a bigger share of you know this kind of burgeoning and further growing kind of health smart device market. And Samsung is in fact working on a continuous blood sugar and blood, or sorry, uh, glucose monitoring and continuous blood pressure monitoring. Uh, and basically non-invasive ones because, you know, right now, especially for those of you who probably, you know, live with diabetes, you know that like most of the time glucose monitoring involves very kind of like, um, you know, intrusive methods, pricking your finger, you know, like blood samples. And so kind of like one of the, you know, kind of uh, grails right now is to find like a non-invasive, you know, device like a ring uh, or some other wearable that can give you that continuous monitoring uh, and to make life easier. I mean, given, you know, how many people cro- over uh, in the world have uh, diabetes and, how, and and the kind of monitoring that needs, it would be a a, a, wor- a, a public good, but also probably a goldmine for these companies. Um, Apple yeah. is, is also working on it. Um, they have been working on a non-invasive glucose monitoring for a long time, for almost over a decade now. Um, and, they're, you know, both the, you know, both Samsung and Apple have yet to put out products, but uh, they're they're looking for it, um, as well as also hypertension monitoring. Um, interestingly enough, I know we don't cover it on this show, but Apple did recently have some interesting things happen with their hypertension monitoring and patent stuff and Massimo. So, I so given that context, it's going to be very interesting to how this kind of like little glucose <laughs> war between Apple and Samsung. Uh, might shape up. But again, it kind of goes along with the, you know, health message that they started. I mean, Galaxy Impact last February had like, what, a half an hour dedicated to like the this whole health experience. They had some this time. They got a theme and they're going with it. And it's probably going to include glucose monitoring and hypertension monitoring in the future. At least they're working on it. I got to say, continuous glucose monitoring on like a smartwatch would be a, just a game changer for yeah, so many it would. people. It like, would I, be I know someone... Man. 
I know someone, like, I asked them, they have a Samsung phone, they have a Samsung watch, they have a Samsung tablet, they have a Samsung PC. And I asked them, like, did you hear the rumors about Apple, you know, integrating glucose monitoring into their Apple watch? And, like, if that happened, they were the first ones to do it, would you buy an Apple watch? They said yes. They would sell all their Samsung hardware, and they would get an Apple watch, and they would get an iPhone. It matters, Like, it's that important to them. Yeah, 100%. And let's hope that Samsung learns from Apple and uh, pays the license fees or has their own patent for it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that would be a total, total game changer. I too it know several people with with diabetes that who have to do all that and be. And be it would just, it would that would be. It, there, there's enough people in there that that would that would totally change the sales charts. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, so much from Samsung, uh, but that's not it. Uh, in fact, Michelle, you've got some hands on one of the devices, so we're gonna go deep with that. But we're gonna take a little breather from Samsung for a moment, um, <sighs> and we're gonna check in with the uh, news that you, the loyal patrons uh, of Patreon.com/slash/AndroidFaithful, have chosen for us to discuss. Um, in addition to the T-shirt that I showed earlier, and the sticker, and the Discord, and all the the ad-free podcasts, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Uh, every week, any uh, paying supporting member of Patreon.com/slash/AndroidFaithful can vote. And pick a story for us to talk about on the show. Um, and this week we had a interesting mix of no articles about messages, none. Um, so coming in last was the fact that X or Twitter or Twix, as we like to call it here, roll, uh, started rolling out audio and video calls for Android. Uh, that got that got twenty percent of the vote, um, which I thought was interesting, but a little late to the game. Twitter, but there you go. Uh, that's probably why I came in last. Um, coming in second with twenty nine percent of the vote was the fact that Google is teasing a new Pixel Eight color for release, and in fact, I believe it came out today, right? The mint color, um, or they delayed it. I saw some. Yeah, they, they delayed it. They delayed it. Yeah, it's not so. out yet. Uh, But the winning story that we're going to talk about right now is the fact that WhatsApp is coming out with their own version of Nearby Share. Um, with, with all the chatter of Google and Samsung, um, you know, trying to firm up a file sharing standard collaboration, uh, WhatsApp is working on their own Bluetooth file sharing tool for nearby users. Um, so if you're a WhatsApp user and your friend is a WhatsApp user, both users would need to open the share file section of WhatsApp and stay there until the transmission is done. And don't worry, it is end to end encrypted. Um, so here's a question. Has the dam broken on the concept of nearby share and this just now table stakes for any app or anything that's doing it? Like, you know, because my sister's a WhatsApp user, I'm a WhatsApp user, my wife's a WhatsApp user, we got iOS and Android amongst the three of us, we can share files this way through WhatsApp because we're all using it. What do I care if Google or Samsung does it? Like, is WhatsApp the great unifier across different platforms and things like that? Yeah. I think I think a lot of people were saying a lot of people when they first heard this news was like oh what are they doing why are they yeah. releasing yet another file sharing standard but the fact that WhatsApp is installed on what like two billion, billion. like over a billion devices have WhatsApp both Android and iOS actually makes it one of the best file sharing services just because yep. you don't have AirDrop on Android you don't yeah. have nearby yeah, share really on iOS so how are you going to really. share files you just open WhatsApp yep yeah it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and it, and I mean, it, it also probably speaks to the fact that like worldwide, WhatsApp is such a big deal here in the U.S. Yeah. Not so much because, as you all know, we end up talking about RCS and you know standard messaging and all that kind of stuff here. But so many other parts of the world, WhatsApp is what they use. You know, everyone, and uh, yeah. and it's just such a huge deal that having a feature like this 
might make more sense outside of the U.S. than it makes inside the U.S. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a proud, loud and proud WhatsApp user. It has allowed me to connect with, with people across the aisle on iOS for years now. Um, I've got several active chats going with it, um, you know, and, and ways to connect with my friends. Like I mentioned, my wife is on an iOS device. I'm on Android. It would be a great way for us to share files that way. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's great. And I, I don't, Michelle, I'm with you. I don't blame WhatsApp at all for doing this. I think I, like WhatsApp to me feels like, of all the things Meta has done over the years, WhatsApp is like the stealth Trojan horse like acquisition that they paid for. They got a ton of users. They got international platform acceptance. And they whatever they're doing with this team that's doing WhatsApp features or just doing it quietly and you don't get a lot of noise from Facebook or anything like that. It just kind of rolls on its own. And WhatsApp is this little powerhouse that I think is a, is a, is a super, it's honestly, it's in my like new phone, set up the phone, top five apps to install. WhatsApp is in the top five, hands down every time. So I will say I have literally used WhatsApp to exchange video files, which are not small um, with my iPhone friends. Uh, and yeah, I, I and also uh, I think it's worth to note that the transfer limit is five gigabytes. That's huge. That's awesome. Yep. I think even like nearby share, you're you're limited to like five gigabytes total a day or and one gigabyte per file. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So they are giving you like a it's it's very flexible. I will say though, WhatsApp, please don't make it so that both people have to keep that screen up. Uh, yes, because nearby shared, yeah. nearby shared does work in the background. You can make it work in the background. So just do that, and then I'll yeah. be happy. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the both that. both people keeping it open during the transfer. If you're doing a five gig video file, you're just you're just like holding the phone out. Mm. Yeah, done. Yeah. You know, so. But other than that, yeah. I I agree. I I do think this yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, go WhatsApp. Here, here, 2024, the year of nearby share. <laughs> the year of peer-to-peer file sharing it's, it's three weeks into the year it's the year, year nearby it? share what there year it is, is it? So, yeah. for the very first time do you time. say that because they're going to be rebranding it next week of course, <laughs> Don't you of remember? course. yeah yeah exactly uh, <laughs> all right well that was our patron pick thank you all the patrons at patreon.com slash android faithful go sign up there get in on the action it is awesome we thank everybody for doing it Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But now, the moment we've all been waiting for, Michelle, you have brand new hardware in hand. Tell us all about the Galaxy S24 that you got. I do. And uh, let me actually switch my camera over to... There you go. Uh, Bear with me if things look a little janky. First time doing this. But I have in hand the Galaxy S24 Ultra. I got it from Samsung while I unpacked. And um, this is my first time using, like, 
one of their smartphones, my daily driver for in a long time. You know, I had their Z Fold 5 for quite a bit. And uh, I kind of got a little tired of how heavy and chunky that was. And personally, I'm not that big of a fan of how sharp the corners are on this phone. But I do love the in-hand feel. It, it definitely feels very sleek. The titanium gray color, you can see here, it's it looks really nice. Um, and I'm really loving the software features that they unveiled with it. One UI 6.1 just has so much going on in it. It's kind of overwhelming, to be honest. Uh, but before I get into that, I just wanted to bring up, like, a lot of people have been asking about the Corning Gorilla Glass armor, that coating they added onto it, and the light reflectance. And I can say it really does make a big difference in terms of how much light is reduced when you like have a light source shining on the phone. If you put it side by side with another phone, it really does make a difference, like in terms of how much is reflected. Does that cut um, down at all on the kind of perceived brightness of the display when you're looking at uh, it in person? I kind of haven't. I haven't noticed that. I don't think it does. Yeah. Like Good. they do advertise that it gets up to 2,600 nits of brightness, and I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been able to test that. It's been really cloudy and dark lately, so I can't go outside and actually have it crank up to that max because it, you have to have auto brightness on, and it has to detect the sunlight and so on. Um, but other than that. Um, I the phone has been very fast and snappy. It has a Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. The Ultra model has that globally. Battery life, I haven't had it long enough to actually tell you if that's you know good or not. Um, but now I think what you've all been waiting for is a demo of some of the new AI features and the new features that they announced at Unpacked. So the first thing I want to show off is Circle to Search. So uh, this is a feature that lets you long press on the Home button or the Gesture Nav handle to invoke Google Lens over your screen. So I'm going to do it right here. Uh, there you go. So I'm going to draw a circle over this. Like, let's say I want to search this up. And that's a that's the, the Pixar like logo thing. Like, that's the Pixar mm -hmm. HQ. And um, you can basically do this onto anything. Like, on any screen you're at, you can just long press on the handle, select something, scribble on something, and then it'll just search it on Google Lens. Like... You can do this on any Android phone already, right? You can just open Google Lens and then tap search my screen. But this just takes like one step out of it. just makes it so quick to search for anything on your screen. And this is available right now out of the box on the S24 series. And it's coming to the Pixel 8 series on January 31st. So the next feature I want to show off is um, a feature you already are probably familiar with in, um, let's see. I'm going to tap this AI feature. So uh, if you have the Google Photos app and you're already familiar with the Magic Editor feature, the Magic Eraser, basically the same thing. I'm going to draw over this guy right here, just have it select it, and then I'm going to touch and hold, and I can just erase myself, and then I can generate and fill in the image. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, this is being run in the cloud, so it takes a few seconds because it's using generative AI to fill in the gaps of uh, where the object, in this case, me, used to be. So we're and, not at the uh, point yet where that is yeah, happening on device. I can't zoom in, but if you look pretty closely, uh, like, I'm gone. I'm not in the image anymore. <laughs> wow. Is your shadow there? It, I mean, that's it, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's just, I'm just curious. I don't know that uh, it kind is. Of, you can kind of see it, yeah. That's yeah. so amazing, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, and then there's an also a straighten feature. So I think if I do this, so if I go back to this feature, like if I want to straighten this, right? You see, like when you're when you're adjusting the rotation of an image, right? Um, you lose a lot of the, the 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 details that are on the outside because it, your photo is just physically not there. So what this does is, you when you straighten it, it uses generative AI to fill in the gaps around the outside. <laughs> so like it'll magically fill in, not magically, of course, with AI. 
fill in what it thinks should be on the outside and just add scenery that actually isn't there to make it look like you have it there. And it's, it might look a little janky, but if you have like, especially nature scenes, it'll, it might work pretty well. God, I wonder so. at what point, like it, you know, because this is a very recognizable shot of a very recognizable place. I wonder yeah. at what point it would be able to reference other photos of that area and then generate around what it knows to be there. You know, that's really interesting. Okay. And this, this one is really cool. This is a feature where it uses frame interpolation. So I have a photo of uh, someone dancing at like the San Francisco airport, I think, or was it? I don't, I don't remember where. But here, like you can see, uh, I just recorded it in like native sixty frames per second. But if I if I go back a little bit, sorry, let me go back. But if I um, I didn't record this in slow mo, right? This is just like a sixty frames per second video. But if I press and hold, it's like interpolating frames in real time. Well, and making it look cool. like as if I that's had taken a slow mo video. Actually. I like how I like yeah. how really I also cool. like the feedback of when you did that, how the, the little white flash that went over it to show you that it was doing something. Yeah. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that was smooth. Yeah, yeah. But does it save it? Uh, I I think you can. I don't I don't yeah. know like how to do it, but yeah. I think it can. And just two more quick things I want to show you is in the notes app. If you have a bunch of notes and it's just all a mess, like these are just some notes I took of my experience with One UI six. There's this new AI uh, feature that lets you automatically format it. Let's say I want to do headers and bullets. So I have like a whole bunch of bullet points of things I noted about One UI. Oh my They're not organized at all. And it's going to use um, a large language model. I think this is on device. And look, look, look at that. It's just like formatting and I have different options. That wow. I love. And, and different love options. It. Is pretty, do pretty meaning cool. notes. Oh do meaning notes. I want to see the Oh my one. gosh, yes. Let's see. Uh, Oh, man. Auto format. So useful. <laughs> Selection was too long. Auto, Auto format. Meeting yeah. notes. Let's try that. I'm just curious what the difference between, you know, the, that this is so cool. Uh, this AI yeah. stuff is so cool, man. It's figuring it out. All right. So it's similar, basically. Yeah. 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 And then the other one was the summarize feature. <laughs> and summarize your notes. like a quick, yeah, a couple of <laughs> summarize my own notes, right? And then briefly, you have the same thing with the voice recorder app. So I'm just doing a quick uh, live demonstration recording with my voice in the voice recorder app, similar to the Pixel recorder app on the Pixel phones. Yeah, that was and one question I had was whether it was the same or different. Looks like it's different. So save it here. And it doesn't do real-time transcriptions like on the Pixel phone, but you just quickly yeah. tap transcribe, and then it'll just analyze it on device using the... Uh, Gemini Nano model, and you have a transcript here, and then you have a summary. Well, it was too short for to summarize, but you get the picture. <laughs> yeah, that there's your summary and right that's there. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's like I've only had this for a few days. I'm really loving. I'm going to be having it for the next couple of months. Really getting a feel for One UI 6.1 and all the features that it has going for it. But um, really loving my experience with the phone so far. And that is the Ultra. Is that right? That's the one that you got. Yes. Yeah. The S24 okay. So you got Ultra. the titanium. Build titanium build quality. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it looks nice. I, I I'm a huge fan of the Ultra series. When they when they have their Ultra devices, I almost always really like them. Um, yeah. Yeah, Good and uh, if you didn't catch the announcement, the S24 starts at seven ninety nine, S24 Plus at nine ninety nine, and the Ultra at twelve ninety nine. And pre orders are open now, and then it goes on sale on January thirty first. 
Ultra from five forty nine ninety nine with eligible trade in. Samsung's been oh, yeah, really good with trade in values. Trade in deals, yeah. Yes, absolutely. S- Definitely I ha- check I ha- that out. I've been silent up to this point, but so many holes. If you've yeah, got that yeah, fear yeah. of holes <laughs> thing, man, it is like five holes there and the two there, right? The one on the uh, the, the pinhole, right? So many holes. Oh, oh. Uh, I guess. There were some uh, questions we had on Patreon. I could answer oh, some of them. Yes, yeah. So we, yeah, we, we, the, yeah. we posted to Patreon last week saying, hey, Michelle's got the device. What questions do you got? So we wanted to kind of in advance, wanted to get some questions. So Michelle, uh, first question came from Joe Furness, who says, would like to know how the circle to search works and how it will work on the Pixel 8 series. Right. So circle to search, there are two parts to it. There's a new gesture that's baked into Android that allows you to long press on the gesture handle. And then that invokes a new screen within the Google app. That's the actual circle to search screen. So uh, there's technically nothing really limiting this feature from being made available on other devices, um, except for the fact that you need some updated Android code to make it possible to long press the gesture handle because that's not part of stock Android right now. But um, that's basically how it's going to work on Samsung phones. That's how it works on the Pixel 8. And eventually, hopefully, when this rolls out to other devices, that's how it'll work as well. And then a similar question we had from Peter Keefe, who was interested on from the dev perspective, if they have to do anything to support Circle to Search. And the answer is no. This is just going to work on any screen because you're basically, the Google app has enough privileges to be able to basically um, take an image of the screen and then you're, whatever, whatever you're drawing is going to use optical character recognition or just some you know machine learning algorithm to identify images that you're circling. Basically, what already uh, Pixel phones have been doing whenever you swipe up to the right. recent menu and it automatically detects text and images, it's basically doing that on any screen and then searching through it with Google Lens. And then the feature, the question from Sergio T asking about the anti-glare screen in person. As I just mentioned, it is very good. It definitely does make a noticeable difference. It uh, reduces light reflectance. And then they also asked, does it seem like Google accepted Samsung as a premium Android manufacturer? I think the answer is a quite resounding yes, considering I, I, how much I, of a presence they were. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, so Sergio asked, does it seem like Google accepted Samsung as the premium Android manufacturer? I don't know if it's like a matter of needing to accept it or not, rather that Google is partnering and supporting Samsung, right? Like it's, yeah. you know, like, I mean, right. it'd be, it'd be one thing if they showed up at the one plus 12 event with circle to search and they didn't. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't think this is like Google anointing Samsung as the king of Android devices or Google. Like, yeah, 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 yeah I, I would agree. They, they've been partnering, uh, if anything behind the scenes for many years. Um, I, I've been on calls where, you know, Google, you know, Google is, you know, helps Samsung with partner experiences. Like they're, they're tight. They know where the bread is buttered and they have known for a long time and it behooves them as a platform to support their biggest OEM. And, and so I agree. They, they know that they're a huge partner um, and they still make, they, they've still been making their own phone. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, they're, they're giving up any territory to Samsung. It's just, they're being more open and uh, using that partnership in a more open marketing kind of forward way. Um, having having friend of the show Hiroshi on the on the stage, I was very surprised. Like, oh, is that Hiroshi just? Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely I audibly yelped when I'm like Hiroshi. I, I, Hiroshi. I, I kind of I, I, Jason, I was watching your live stream on it with your coverage of it, and I, and I was like, yikes! So yeah, <laughs> it was that was fun. What would Hiroshi say? I don't know. Uh, now we know. <laughs> 
And uh, very briefly, there was one more question we had from Tom Shrek, who asked how many of the AI features will make it to the old devices. And Samsung did mention at the keynote that, uh, actually it was on like a footnote during the keynote, that a lot of the Galaxy AI features will be coming to the S23 series, the Z Flip 5, the Z Fold 5, and the Tab S9 series sometime in the first half of 2024. They didn't specify a date, and they didn't specify exactly which AI features will be coming. They just did confirm that at least some of them will be coming to their existing devices. Cool. All right. So Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra overall review at the end of the day. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Two thumbs thumbs up. up. One thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Wow. That's great to me. All right, Michelle. To get my hands on one. Very cool. Well, thank you for thank you for your service. In oh my gosh, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We worked real hard in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Right on. Well, that Samsung wasn't the only phone that annou- uh, that uh, that launched a device recently, right, Wynn? No, no. And another OEM we've been talking about quite a bit uh, for a while now is OnePlus. And so, guess what? You're going to get if you're not a Samsung 24 type of person, you can get the OnePlus 12. It is launched. It is global launch day is here. Basically, the device is actually very similar to the one that was re- released already in China. Um, there are some restrictions and provisos, addend- or not addendums, the opposite of addendum. Um, the device is very similar to the Chinese version, except that there is no 24 gigabyte RAM option, which I guess makes sense because my goodness, 24 gigs, gigs of RAM in a phone, uh, and there's no white color colorway. But you will be getting more or less the OnePlus 12. Uh, the starting price uh, in the US is going to be 7.99 for the 12 gigabyte version uh, with 256 gigabytes of storage, and 8.99 for the 16 gigabyte version uh, with 512 gigabytes of storage. Pre-orders are started are are available now, and devices should be available on February sixth. Something that is novel, though, is Be- is Best Buy actually will be selling devices in store. This is like I think the first time OnePlus is doing it. Mm. Um, so you can pre-order from OnePlus.com, Best Buy, or Amazon, or you know eventually just walk on down to your Best Buy and have the what do they call them over there? The I don't know, Geek Squad Geek or somebody. Geek Squad, yeah. Geek yeah, Squad, yeah. Uh, help you out. Um, there is a trade-in program as well, all kinds of kind of deals. Um, actually, something to note that if you are super interested, pre-orders will also automatically get the 512 gigabyte model, which again is uh, $799 for the lower price of, sorry, you're gonna if you pre-order, you can get the 512 gigabyte 899 version for the other price, $799. So, yeah, and also they're throwing in a free wireless charger. So um, outside of the U.S., the OnePlus 12 will be available around early February, no solid date, in most countries, including India. Um, and then not to not to just like leave it at that, along with the OnePlus, uh, we also have the OnePlus 12R. Um, unlike other manufacturers, OnePlus prefers an R for the mid-range, not an A, so an R. Uh, <laughs> and we do have some information about the OnePlus 12R. Uh, so this mid-ranger is going to come in at 499 USD. It's rocking the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 and has, you know, um, 8 or 16 gigabytes of RAM with uh, 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage for that. Uh, 6.78 inch AMOLED up to 120 hertz refresh rate with a... <clears throat> LPTO 4.0 at HDR10 plus. I had to look up what LP LPTO was, and LPTO stands for Low Temperature Polycrystalline Oxide. It's basically just a fancy backplane technology for OLED display, displays, which allows for uh, dynamic uh, refresh rates. Uh, ITIL. There you go. Um, it's got a large, very large battery at 5500 milliamps, mm-hmm. uh, an 80 watt Super Vogue charger, 31 minutes to 100% charge. Zoom. Uh, your pre-orders can start today. Uh, and hey, 
If you got your OnePlus 12 or your OnePlus 12R and you need some things in your ears to go with them, uh, namely earbuds, uh, the OnePlus Buds 3 are around or going to be available for $99 starting February 13th. They have active noise canceling for up to 49, 49 decibels. Um, and when that uh, active noise canceling is active, it is up to 10 hours of battery life. Uh, wait, sorry, my bad. Without without active noise canceling, you're gonna get 10 hours of battery life. With you're gonna get six, six and a half hours of battery life, um, and then with the case total, you'll get about 44 hours uh, of of work out of those buds. Uh, there is fast charge support, uh, LD sorry LHDC 5.0 Bluetooth support, and yeah, there you go. There's your OnePlus part of the ecosystem or part of the OnePlus ecosystem uh, coming at you in February uh, with the OnePlus OnePlus R. And the OnePlus Buds three. So I, I want to back up to the OnePlus twelve. There was a lot of a lot of stuff to dive in. Um, and Jason, I don't know if you can pull back up the OnePlus twelve uh, page for our video viewers that are watching it. But uh, I will say, as as a vocal non not not indifferent to wireless charging or whatever, I gotta say I saw that wireless charging base that they have, and I was like, ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> it's very OnePlus it's, plus brandy. It is, with, it's got the red cable and yeah. it's got a nice little white white stand that the phone can prop up on. I, I got to admit, I, I like, think that's the... I think that's the same wireless charging base, the 50 watt wireless charging base they had with the OnePlus Nine. Oh, I was going to say their their wireless <laughs> charging bases have like yeah. evolved over the years, and then this looks very familiar to me. Yeah, um, maybe a little yeah, different. I have probably, one of those. Maybe, I, maybe I they, think it's yeah. the same one. Maybe they got the design right. Michelle, can you send me yours because I like it? <laughs> <laughs> I remember at one point it was so chonky that it had like a fan on the inside. Yeah, jeez, oh, oh, really, I right. think you need it if you're charging wirelessly at 50 watts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. But um, good, good to see them embrace the wireless charging, though, right? That's what everybody's criticism was. That's everyone's number one favorite thing to pick on them yeah. for. So yeah. they're like, nah. Very cool. I'm excited. I want to get my hands on this phone. I lo- I'm, I'm, I'm loving the one one plus Assance that we're going through. Um, I think they're doing very cool. I, I got to tell you, we are like this is like I, I feel like it's a bevy of phone, like we a bountiful harvest of phones over the past six months, but going from the Pixel Fold. To the to the OnePlus Open, OnePlus, to the yeah. Pixel Eight Pro, to the now Samsung Galaxy S twenty four, to now great, to the OnePlus right? twelve. Like these are solid phones. Yeah, and we'll probably get a new a new bevy of uh, foldables and flippables in a few months, probably something like that. And yeah. then who knows what's going to be well, happening at Google I/O. Well, speaking of that, um, coming up, I mean the ne- like the 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 geez, the treadmill never stops. But <laughs> Mobile World Congress twenty twenty four is right around the corner, and OnePlus is expected to be present at the good old Mobile World Congress uh, twenty twenty four um, with a wearable. Uh, the rumor is currently that the OnePlus Watch two might appear next month at Mobile World Congress. Um, it was intended to launch with the OnePlus 12 today, according to Android Authority, to a source uh, that Android Authority had. Um, the next version is expected to run Wear OS. Um, the previous version of the watch did not. Um, so really interesting. If we'll see it in a month, you know why they held it back. Who knows? If it comes out at World War Congress or doesn't, well, time will tell. We'll have to see it. Um, but also in the wearables uh, area of rumors, um, the Pixel Watch 3 
Um, nice little rumor that somewhere Flo is screaming uh, happily. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> there might be some size variants to the Pixel Watch 3. It wouldn't Woo! just be one size, rather a large and a small. Um, so time. yeah, so the two sizes would be a 41 millimeter as before and then something larger. So not I smaller, I would have though. expected that with the Pixel Watch 2. I was yeah. kind of surprised when it was a single smaller exactly. size. But. Yeah. That, that is a real issue. I, I tried to give my sister uh, my Pixel Watch 2 and she could use it. Like she's a stay-at-home mom running after my, my niece. Too big. She got small wrists. Just yep. what do? That's I'm full. with you, Flo. So wait, the Pixel Watch Two was too big for her wrist. Oh, so then I wonder. I think this leak is saying like it's, this would be the small size. That's the small size. Yeah. This that's is, oh the no. Small size. Yeah. Yep. And sorry, the babe. And there would be an even be larger, larger size for people. Oh with no. Wrists. Sorry. Okay. Just to, okay. Well. Yeah. So, sorry, babe. Yeah, no Pixel Watches much. for you. Yeah. Maybe we should just get a little tissue in or something just yep. to kind of. Stuff so. under there. Time oh, will tell. Dang yeah. it. If, yeah, uh, if a like, wearable company can figure out to make a women's size smaller watch, I know there would be legions, you know, no, that would Really, y'all? Like, yeah. I know. Just, just, it's just, just nature, right? Smaller smaller bones. Come on, help us out. It's not hard. Yeah, um, it's, it's well, Jason, speaking, speaking of pixel rumors, there's a little, pic- there's some more pixel rumors, right? Well, yeah. So we've got, I'll go ahead and throw it on the stage here. We've got renders, apparently, of the Pixel 9 Pro, uh, courtesy of MySmartPrice collaborating with OnLeaks to show these renders. And so here, I'll go ahead and pull up the the little rotating animation thingy thing so you can all see it. So just take a gander at at least at this stage of the game. It is early, obviously. So, you know, lots of things could change if these are, in fact, you know, legitimate. But you can see the camera bump. Definitely different, right? It's no longer a bar that goes edge to edge. It's more like a pill shape uh, extended out. I'll go ahead and replay that again. Um, The edges of the device itself, a little flatter. We're kind of used to seeing those a little curvier. Like in this shot, it really does kind of have a little bit of that like traditional iPhone kind of quality to it uh, as far as the edges are concerned. A flatter design all around, it seems like. So some of the curviness kind of going away. It looks like, yeah, heuristic or whatever that is. Do you remember when like the whole design uh, premise, although it it does remind, I mean, I don't like the flatness, but it does remind me of the folded Pixel Fold. Oh, okay. Right? Well, that, and that would make sense, right? Like right. Maybe the Pixel Fold was a, a, yeah, you're right. You're right. Does yeah. the Pixel Fold have the round, this... It's not as round. Sorry, I was on mute. It is not as round, but it doesn't go edge to edge. Yep. And my, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. This looks this looks like an evolution of the pixel yeah. fold. It's yeah. like a pixel yeah, fold, and they just right. really curved it around. Yep. See, I never got any time with the pixel fold. That is a boat that I that I a ship that I missed. <laughs> well, we, you were at IO. We got the we got to hold it at IO, but you didn't get to play with yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't get to like yeah. live with it. Same with the same with the open. Like these yeah. are devices oh, that I've heard so many open. people talk about. I just I like I love my open so much, and I want to use it as the daily driver. Jason, I probably should. I should just if I show you this week, I should just give it to you to play to to at least get some time with because I'm not using it as a daily driver because oh, okay. I'm just like afraid to jump off the pixel side of it. So maybe we'll do that, and that'll give you some time with the foldable. Give it a yeah. good home run. Yeah, yeah, but I love it so much. I just yeah. every bets on whether I... they're going to keep the temperature sensor. Oh, that that was another thing that I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. Looking at it, it was like, yeah, I mean, they're not keeping the temperature sensor. Okay, right, a show of hands. Has anyone here ever legitimately thought like, oh, this would be a perfect opportunity for the temperature sensor, and then used it? 
No. Well, no, because it's not done. You can't, because the temperature sensor, I will tell you, the temperature sensor, the only reason why I want it is I want to hold it in front of my kid's head and tell me what my kid's temperature is, and it is not cleared by the FDA to do it. Right? And, and so my, so if they're not going to include the temperature sensor on the next phone, that is the indicator that the FDA is not letting them do it. That's my guess, is that they didn't get government approval or whatever they need in order for yeah. it, because that is the only application for a temperature sensor. I mean, and it had to have been the, the primary reason that they even went that direction yeah. to begin with, you know. Yeah. From I don't know. Rick Osterloh said that you could use it to like measure the temperature of a pan on your stove. I, cool. Yeah, I, I, yes, I can hold my I hand above the pan. No, it's hot, Rick. I know. I yeah, I, 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 I can feel hot, Rick. I'm cool. Just, yeah, weird. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a thousand dollar device near. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'm sooner just gonna hold my hand over. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, come on. Uh, all right. Well, so that was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hardware, but doesn't mean we're not going to stop there because we got some apps to talk about. And when, uh, before the show, you were showing us your crazy keyboard. Um, yeah. It's not as crazy as Gboard, though. What's going on with Gboard? No, Gboard's getting some upgrades. Uh, and not just Gboard, but kind of in the theme of making assistance and AI and all that kind of stuff more of an integral part of your day. I actually really like this feature. So Gboard, specifically Gboard for Pixel tablet as it looks right now is kind of doing a better UI integration with the Google Assistant voice typing. So Google Assistant voice tapping, not typing. uh, No, it is typing. It's not tapping. Google Assistant voice typing is a feature where you can obviously, you know, enable voice to text uh, using your keyboard. Now, if you do, if you have used it, you know, that the normal way to get there is to open your keyboard, hit the little microphone and start talking. Um, Or you can say, hey, <clears throat> hot, uh, hot, G- hot, hot word for the for the G person uh, type. So rather than doing that, uh, well, actually, when when that is activated, sorry, there's there's a couple stories here. When that is activated, and if you're on kind of a larger uh, screen device, namely the Pixel tablet, rather than having the whole keyboard there while you're kind of using the Google Assistant typing experience. They have now working, they're now working on an optimized experience where rather than having the whole keyboard, you're going to have a kind of minimized um, toolbar, like a pill bar at the bottom, so that you can actually see more of your screen when voice typing, which makes a lot of sense, right? If I'm not using my keyboard, why not have all that real estate back so I can actually, you know, see what is being typed? And in the toolbar that remains, you'll get, you know, kind of some access to other things. There's going to be an overflow menu with settings, like more voice commands, you know, clipboard and translate and stuff like that. Uh, There's going to be another button to disable both this Google system and typing uh, and to show the full keyboard again. Um, and yeah, so I'm sorry. And this overflow menu is going to be enabled uh, from the keyboard with a new little pill button on the right uh, when Google Assistant typing is activated. So you're going to be able to switch between the traditional experience of keyboard up while you're voice typing and then new sexy pill bar uh, as your uh, assistant voice typing. So yes, uh, 9 to 5 Google spotted it on their Pixel tablet, not their Pixel Fold. So we'll see the actual scope of, of this, but it's basically just, you know, again, kind of leveraging Google assistant already and kind of making the UI kind of fit this more, you know, assistant voicey uh, world that we live in. Um, and to go with that is seamless voice typing. So as I mentioned before, usually when you access voice to type with Gboard, you kind of have to go through a two-step process where you hit a button, uh, where you bring the keyboard, you hit a button, and then you activate voice typing. There will be a new feature, it seems, that 9to5Google's APK Insight team spotted called seamless voice typing. Basically, if your keyboard is shown it and you enable the feature, your voice typing voice typing will just start automatically when it hears you, you know, dictating to it. So there, you know, there's no longer a two-step process. It's just going to be, okay, I'm in typing mode. So whether I'm typing or, you know, dictating, 
Google is trying to make it easier for you to do that. Um, it's going to be optional in the settings um, and remain exclusive to Google phones for now. Um, but yeah, ways to make typing easier or at least make voice to text typing easier uh, on your keyboards. So the, the seamless, the seamless thing. See, well, I mean, for one, I've got my Pixel tablet. I'm going to go the, going through its paces with this. I'm going to keep a lookout for it um, and see if I could use it for the assistant. But the seamless voice typing, if it's anything like the seamless conversations with assistant on the on the Nest Hub and stuff like that, it's going to be fraught with disaster. Where the, I'm so dubious of it, dude. The like, number of times <laughs> assistant interrupts a conversation because it thinks I'm talking to it and I'm not is yeah. It's so which I'm glad that a the keyboard needs to be active and you need to switch this on. But even then. You, I could be typing something and doing something while I'm in a conversation with somebody else. Like that, that there's well, so many, so many opportunities for that to mess up. Yeah, how many times? How many times are we actually, ju- you know, just in typing mode, like as people using phones? I mean, I would t- say a percentage of the time. I mean, like like if I'm alone in my office and I'm typing and I'm doing something like that makes sense. But like if I'm out in a social situation, if I'm out in public, or if I'm in the kitchen talking to my wife or whatever it might be, like it's not a hundred percent of the time and there's no, no way the device not. will ever know. And I'm glad I'm they're, they're doing these things to enable really cool features that sound great on paper in a very specific use case mm-hmm. or situation. And unfortunately the question is whether or not the value of that, of that use case is valuable in that moment or frustrating, not in that moment. And if mm-hmm. that's a balance. Oh. Yeah. Just to, just to yeah. clarify, I don't think seamless voice typing is going to be dependent on like you actually start talking and then it'll switch to the voice mode. I think this setting just makes it so that when you when you like open the keyboard, it'll automatically switch to the voice typing mode. Well, correct, right? But the, but I could open the keyboard and not want it to be voice typing. Yeah, like I'm typing True. and I'm right. also yeah. talking it, to my husband over yeah. my shoulder. It's got to be something you got. It's, it's a toggle. It's going to be yeah. a toggle in the keyboard settings. Right. Yeah. Which, so the que- which, the question is how yeah. many times? To- so I toggle it on, and then three weeks later, I forget I toggle it on, and I go to respond to a text message while I'm in the middle of a conversation, and it just gets nonsense, and like, ah, oh, and I toggle it off, and I never use it again. Like that, that's, that's what could happen. Yeah, and yeah, and that's yeah. the point, though. It's it's supposed to be less like friction to get to this feature, but it'll cause friction in other ways or just, you know, I don't know. I just, it's a nice idea. Have faith they can pull it off. Come on. No. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. So well, what else can they pull off, Jason? (laughs) I don't know. What else can they pull off? Oh yeah. It probably has something to do with artificial intelligence. Um, (laughs) So let's see here. Bard coming to Google Messages. That's not necessarily is is that news? Is this the first time that we're hearing that Bard might come to Google Messages? Because I feel like yeah, it's it going is. everywhere. Um, anyways, nine to five Google spotted code that Bard would be able to do things like draft messages, identify images, suggest books by genre, offer recipes, basically anything Bard can do. The news here being that essentially within your Google Messages experience. The way that you would normally fire up a conversation with another person, you will also be able to, according to 9to5Google's code sleuthing, um, fire up a conversation with Bard. So messages would become another conduit for Bard integration. And I guess just think of it as through the lens of like, if Bard were a person, you'd go in there to ask that person a question. and, And that seems to be the kind of thought here. Anything you can do, Bard can do better. <laughs> um, although it does kind of, you know, they, they do point out the reference to Allo 
<clears throat> and um, you know, Allah's kind of integration of assistant into the chat experience, and this feels very familiar uh, in that regard. I mean, it all feels like a rerun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, Allah, like it, uh, it's Redux, it's two point I mean, uh, so many buttons. other messaging apps let you talk to the chatbot. Like, yeah. I think Facebook Messenger has that, uh, Snapchat has that, and now just Google's yeah, that's doing true. It now. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then another uh, kind of piece of this is this rebranding potential. Um, Nine to Five Google, you know, reminded us that Assistant with Bard was part of the Pixel Eight event announcement. It's called Assistant with Bard, and at least up to two weeks ago, the onboarding for Bard on mobile still called it Assistant with Bard, but the new Google App fifteen point two code shows it's reworded to Hi, I'm Bard which I suppose is better than assistant without all those features we just killed because we laid off part of the team. I mean, but anyway, is it, does it, does it, does anyone else think that assist the, 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 the clock is ticking on the assistant branding? Oh, probably. I mean, it's that way. Yeah. They're killing stuff off of it, moving it. Just. Right. We, we reported it last year when they removed, they moved so many people onto the bard team. It was bard, bard, bard. Like they're going to retire assistant and everything's just going to be bard. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Assistant is walking. What do you slow... do? You think assistant or Bard is a better branding? Bard. Bard. Right. Now. It's funny. I'm being. We're being critical here, saying, "Oh, do you think they get rid of assistant?" I've never thought assistant was good branding for it. I thought. I think Bard gives it that Siri like identity mm-hmm. or one brand. syllable. Or, Snappy, yeah, yeah, one yeah. syllable. You know, yeah. I, I'll ask Bard. Like it's fine. Like you know, it, yeah. you know. But at some point, it's just all, it's all nonsense. What, I mean, is Bard better than Bixby or Siri? I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're better than Assistant, personally, but that's just me. Yeah, so. I would agree. It's just a constant shuffling and back and forth and, like, just never know what to call anything anymore. Uh, it's just... <laughs> It's the shuffle. It's the branding yeah. shuffle. The, the, yeah, the, the old the old Android shuffle. I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, one last note on apps. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart as a as a hardcore user of Google Photos. Uh, one of my biggest complaints is the fact that it's a mess. Um, that I just have scrolls and scrolls and scrolls and scrolls <laughs> of pictures. Um, especially when you're trying to get enough pictures of your kids to use Best Take to get smiles out of them. Which, by the way, I've been using more and more, and I'm getting fantastic results. So I'm very yeah, happy. Yeah, there that. you go. But um, but so uh, this is a feature that was available on Google Photos in iOS and is now coming to Android finally. Um, and we've already heard about it a little. It's called Photo Stacks. Um, and basically what it's going to do is it's going to take groups of similar photos into stacks. Um, so if you got, a, you know, a hundred photos of your kids playing outside, it'll collapse them into one stack. Um, you know, all photos taken at a similar time. Um, Google will determine the top pick for the top of the stack. Um, we'll also call out the number of photos that are in the stack. Um, and it only works if backup feature is turned on, which I have it turned on. Um, and it is a server side push. Um, so I think it's great. It tidies it up. Um, lets me, you know, add a layer into, you know, like I've got the 15 minutes I was playing outside with the kids and taking pictures into a stack. I can d- dive deeper to find the pics I want from that. Um, so I'm, I'm all for this. So this is cool. So, I mean, I love that this was announced, I think two yeah. months ago and right? now it's finally starting to roll out just quietly. Yeah. But I'll take it. So yeah, love it. Take it. This is the kind of stuff what that I, I love generally VDI for. What I would like a little more from fo- Google Photos, especially with Best Take and all the, the AI stuff that's in there, is some sort of visual distinction between an original versus a 
edited photo, which they don't always, it's not apparent mm. in that scrolling kind of situation. Like I did a best mm. take and then I got distracted and now I'm trying to find it and it just drops it in the batch of everything that you've got. Like I want to know this is the, like give the little sparkle around it or give the little icon or something on it. So I yeah, know. And actually yeah. Yeah. to that end, it's, it's kind of surprising that Google doesn't and makes me think that probably eventually they will because there is this kind of movement right now to um, essentially mark up when something has been, you know, created with some sort of generative AI. And I know right. that Google supports that as well. I'd be really surprised if that didn't make its way in there to some degree. Because that that is, yeah, that is a total pain when you just have this sea of images. And you're like, wait a minute, where did that thing go that I just, you know, created? It's somewhere in here. Now i got to open them all up and look closely at the faces to make sure. Can, um, funny that you mentioned that, Jason, yeah. because that's something I forgot to mention about the S24 series. Whenever you edit one of those photos that's with right. a generative AI feature, it adds a little watermark on the bottom left. Um, people find out you can easily get rid of it, I guess, but like it does add that watermark and it is there. And in the gallery app, there's even like a tag that says edited with generative AI. I was gonna show. I was gonna show the most recent example of a best take photo I took with my kids, but it's my kids in the bath, and I realized that we. I don't want the video to get flagged. To get flagged in any way, shape, or There was no. There was nothing. There was nothing visible, but better safe than sorry. No, no, yeah. Better safe than sorry. It also just seems like a marketing opportunity for them, just to highlight, hey, look how amazing this photo turned out. Right. It was. It was. You know, edited with best take. You know, kind of dual purpose of both being, you know, good. AI using citizens and also marketing. Oh, well, I mean, I had the, I, I can't remember if I told it on, on this show or not, but I had the, like the perfect use case for best take when uh, my daughter's soccer team was done and they all lined up, you know, all yep. the girls lined up to, to get their photo taken. And I just took like 10 pictures and I went back and looked and not one of them was <laughs> perfect, but I used best take and I, I got the perfect one and I sent it out and yeah. they were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah. it was like the perfect use case. Too funny. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all the app stories that we're talking about. Uh, before we're going to wrap up the show, we want to hear from you, everybody out there. Um, and did you know that you can email us at contact at androidfaithful.com? But if you are a member of Patreon, you could also send us a message on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash androidfaithful, and you could send us a note that way. We receive messages in that bot mailbox, too. Um, and in fact, that's our first message for tonight it comes from Patreon. So, Michelle, why don't you take it away? All right, our first message comes from Alpon from London, and they had a question for us. In your last show, you discussed Samsung falling into second place in units sold worldwide, whereas Apple's market share keeps on growing. I'm a huge Pixel fan, and my question is, how aggressive do you think Google will be in pushing for a larger market share over the next few years? I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on how invested you think Google actually are in producing Pixel hardware in the long term, knowing how easily Google can pivot and how easily they kill software slash hardware products. Mm. Thank you. And uh, thank you for writing in to us, Alpen from London. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of people saying, like, looking at this hardware event that G G Samsung recently had last week and saying, oh, is Google actually committed to the right. Pixel lineup? Like, what's the deal here? And as I mentioned, I think they have a multi-pronged strategy because they are competing versus app iPhone slash iOS. And it's not just with their own Pixel hardware they're competing, they're using to compete with. It's all of Android devices. Any device that runs Android is in Google's strategy to compete against yeah. um, iPhone slash iOS. 
I, I don't know. I mean, the fact the fact that they are, they're offering seven years support for Pixel devices shows that they're sure. in it for at least the next seven yes. years. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so that's true. Um, you know, or and they're I think, willing to support yeah the current yeah, crop for. And I, and I feel like Alpen, your your question is one that you know, Jason. I know you and I have talked about since the Nexus line. Right. Whereas, like, is Google a hardware company or are they a software oh, totally. company with some hardware and that sort of thing? And they they kind of play both sides in the middle. Um, I don't think Google personally. I don't think even at this state state in time. I don't think Google is chasing hardware dominance of the Samsung, Apple like. And Michelle, to your point, they want Android to have that dominance. But whether it's Android across pixels, Samsung, OnePlus, you know, you know, uh, all, uh, Huawei, all the other ones that are, or maybe not Huawei, but all the other ones that are out there, um, they'll accept that. And I think the Pixel just becomes this nice kind of reference device corner of the universe of like, well, this is how we prefer to see it roll out. You could be part of the Pixel experience or not. I don't know. That's my thought. And I mean, you know, not for nothing, but we're at, we're at eight pixels now. Like that's you know yeah. eight eight solid years of Google committing itself to something that's pretty impressive. So, uh, so I, I, mean, I don't know if you overheard. I didn't say hey G, but my Google Pixel tablet woke up and it just said, I don't know, but I found these search results and it's giving me a Reddit article saying what is the selling point of each phone brand from the Android Reddit. So, so, so Google's trying to get involved in this conversation either way. Yeah, like, oh, but can, I, can I get a word in? <laughs> Y'all are talking about me. Can I say something? Anyway, <laughs> it's too funny. <laughs> All right, Wynn, I think you got the next one. I do. And the next one is from Chad in San Antonio. In your January 16th episode, you all said it would be cool to use a smartwatch to control a computer with AR glasses for the output. I've been craving this ever since Project Soli was announced. I dream of a future where I can have a computer in my pocket, solely on my wrist, AR in my glasses, and be fully productive without ever needing a desk, monitor, keyboard, or mouse. Chad in San Antonio. So I love this email, Chad, because it's been a hot topic with the Apple Vision Pro coming out and people doing it, like the idea of the yeah. infinite canvas. And we are talking about it with the B-Real X, what, what, what was Michelle that you saw at CS? The, the X-Real. X-Real, yeah. Account. I won't call X-Ray Specs, but that's a band. Um, uh I and I was talking about it to some of my friends this week. I am all in on the glasses as the display. Like we talked about last week with Adam. Like I want this too. Like I I want a new interface and I want it to be XR, you know, or or AR related. Like let me put on some glasses like Ender's Game and have a you know just have all my displays in front of me. I'm uh, sign me up. Whatever I got to do. Whoever's I think listening. one peripheral that's going to be hard to do away with is a keyboard. Like, um, yeah. if, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Apple Vision Pro, like yeah. early impressions. A lot of people have been saying that typing on the virtual keyboard is terrible and that if you want to get any actual work done, you need a keyboard. Yeah. So I, I don't see any way we're going to get around that unless like voice typing becomes or, so yeah. good. What right. about, right. and Michelle, this that's might be dating it. you. This might be dating you because you're, you're younger and that's okay. I'm not holding <laughs> against you. But when we were kids, there was something called the Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> Sorry. Right? <laughs> and it had a keyboard along the side. Like, just saying, maybe Johnny Mnemonic was right, or the, the, oh, that whole shoot, yes. that whole period of '90s tech kind of thing. Like, give me, give me a compact keyboard. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I, I'm with. In all seriousness, you're right, Michelle. They're going to need to. They're going to need to um, figure out typing, and maybe it's voice typing. But honestly, like. 
we were talking before we were talking before we went live with the show. Like I'm in the I'm in the market for new monitors and stuff like that. Imagine if I didn't need monitors. I could still use my physical keyboard, but I have a, a, a you know just these glasses as my monitor. That that I would love that. That would be so cool. So. God, can you imagine as a developer typing with your voice? <laughs> No, no, it'd be awful. It'd be awful. That just okay, sounds like power. torture. Can you dictate code? I mean, you could. I mean, you could say, right? Like, oh wow, if that then sounds like torture. For i equals yada yada, mm. then do this. I feel like you'd quickly go and say yeah. yes, from all the corrections you have to make. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the AI would fix it for you, though. The the, the dev bot would fix it, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. it's better to, to type on your power glove with one hand. No, you know, I was to, saying, to Jason, code, I, yeah. I think now actually I'm kind of sold on the power glove. I want a power glove. Because <laughs> you know, power most glove. of us type with one hand anyway, and then you can actually get like your whole... Well, not most just, of us type with one hand. Your, your wackadoo yeah. keyboard, one hand keyboard. No, no, well, maybe the smartphones, you know, you kind of <laughs> on the, you know, just... You know, it's so to... funny. I was at a, speaking of keyboards and, and, and smartphones, I was at a, uh, we had a family event this past weekend with my in-laws, and my sister-in-law saw me responding to a message on my phone and I was just using Gboard, but swiping with my yeah. thumb. And she was like, "Whoa, what? The, what are you doing?" And I was just like, "And I was like, I'm typing." She's like, "And she's like, no, this is how you type." But she held her phone and did two things. I'm like, "No," and I showed her how this worked. She'd never seen it before, didn't even know it was a thing. And like to me, I'm like, "This is how I've been typing for." J- I mean, Jason, decade. how long? More like than a, a decade, decade yeah. now, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. It's, yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. I'm a mixture, though. I'm not always dedicated to that. I'm only swipe. I'm only doing swipe ways. Yeah, yeah so. I, I pop in and pop out. Yeah. Swipe in, swipe out. Swipe in, swipe out. All right, cool. All right, last email comes from Chris Barrett, Washington D.C., who says, "Like Ron, I too played the USB cable round robin, trying to figure out why my Pixel Six constantly dropped connection from the head unit in my 2015 Kia Soul." I even added the AA wireless dongle in hopes that would help. I also wondered if there was a problem with the USB-A connector. However, after doing some research, I found out there was a firmware update for the car's touchscreen interface that was said to resolve the problems I was having. I downloaded the update from the Kia site and installed it per the instructions and voila, problem fixed for me. I think it has been at least a year since I did that and no problems since. May not be everyone's issue, but I know others on the panel have said they too have issues and thought it might help to share this information. Thanks for bringing back the show. The departure of AAA left a big gap in my podcast addict lineup. Chris Barrett. Thank you, wow, Chris. That, that, that was an a- that was a, that was like a bingo email. That was a yeah. Android mm-hmm. Auto email. It was also yeah. a podcast addict mention email and a triple A mention. Yeah, a wireless. That was yeah. pretty good, Chris. Good job there. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still haven't got my car fixed. I'm waiting for the dealer to call me, tell me that they have the part that they need to fix my USB ports. Um, but yeah, that's a good. I, it was funny because I I got an email from Subaru telling me that the firmware of my car needed to be updated, and I went to go do it and I couldn't do it, so I called service. They're like, "Oh yeah, no, that email went out by mistake. You, you, you're you're not due for one." I was like, "Oh, okay." I got really disappointed then. So, but um, troubleshooting cars and connectivity is no is is no fun. So yeah, yeah. All right. Indeed. Cool. Well, thank you, Chris, Chad, and Alpan for writing us. And you too get in on the action. We've gotten so many emails recently. We try we 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 try to pick and choose the best ones. We'll try to get as many as we can, as always, every week. Email us at contact at androidfaithful.com or send us a message on Patreon. Um, we appreciate it. Always oh, good to hear from you all. That's gonna wrap up this week's episode. Bravo Mashal, great work at mm-hmm. Samsung Galaxy Unpacked. Um uh, yeah, just I guess take a breather. Are you going to Marble War Congress? 
I, I want to. I want I to, too. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were, I was going to get very annoyed because I want that hamon. But, uh, if anyone's listening uh, here, if you, if you need someone to go to unpack and cover your product, I'm here. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll stay tuned. That's the next big event. So we'll see. Um, yeah. In the meantime, Jason, huh. why don't you tell us more about your new show? Huh. My new show. That's right. It launches tomorrow. That would be Wednesday, January 24th. Uh, called AI Inside Me and Jeff Jarvis, who you already know if you listen to Twit Podcasts and uh, This Week in Google. He's uh, one of the hosts on This Week in Google. Anyways, he and I are going to be talking about AI every week. And really right now it's looking like it's going to be kind of an interviews-focused show um, with some news dotted around it and everything. Um, And we're kind of evolving it as we go. So we've got the website, AIinside.show. We do have a Patreon that you can go to at support.AIinside.show. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited, slightly nervous because you know, when you launch a new show, it's kind of like, Oh, I hope everything goes well. And, uh, that's tomorrow. So I'm sure things will go just great and dandy, but uh, I'm really excited. I hope you'll check it out. AI inside dot show. Are you going to be live streaming to Twitch as well? So we will be doing a live stream. We have the live stream to Twitch and to YouTube on both platforms. Do a search for at Yellow Gold Studios. That's kind of the name of my kind of content business, as it were, as I'm building it. Yellow Gold Studios. Do a search on YouTube and Twitch. And uh, yes, we're going to be streaming there 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And it should be about an hour. So uh, look for it. Thank you, Ron. Very exciting. So a little behind the scenes. I know you've been working on this for a while, so I'm yeah. so excited to see it get out in the world. So, Me too. Uh, yeah, um, thank you for I, all I'll your be, help. You've been a, a good sounding board. Hey, we're all we're all one team. I'm very excited <laughs> to learn more about AI from you and Jeff. Jeff's a pro. He's the best. So. Yes, indeed. Cool. Thank all you, right. Ron. So, Michelle, tell us where we can find you. You can find me everywhere on Twix, Mastodon, Threads, etc. I'm not going to run down the list of pro- platforms I'm on. It's too, li- too many to list. You can just search my name, at Michelle Ramon. And if you want to su- follow my work and support my work, better yet, you can go to patreon.com slash Michelle Ramon. I do share some um, exclusive posts. I have a Discord community that's pretty active. And uh, just the other day, I shared a tutorial on how to enable Circle to Search early on your Pixel phone if you don't want to wait for Google to roll it out. Ooh, that one got some attention. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to support me, you can head there. And of course, I recommend you also subscribe to Android Faithful because that also supports me because we put a lot of effort into this show. Yeah, yes. sure do. So, All right. Uh, thank you, Michelle. Uh, Wynn, how about you? Where can folks find you? Uh, sorry. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting sick from like traveling back east last week. So, um, who am I? I'm an Android developer. I talk about Android development things. You can find my talks and associated code and video at my website, randomlytyping.com. And you can find me on the internet. Let's be real. Basically on Instagram at Queen Code Monkey. Uh, maybe I'll be at other places as well, but I mean, I'm just barely on Instagram. So find me there <laughs> and here every Tuesday. Yep. Excellent. 
and last but not least, you can follow me over on all the various socials at RonXO. And if you're looking for something else to listen to, head over to my other podcast over at iFanboy.com. We released our monthly Media Explode episode where we caught up on what we've been watching uh, over the past couple of months over the holidays. Um, and I talked a lot about uh, the Beckham documentary on Netflix. Um, I went to the theaters to see Poor Things and saw Maestro. Uh, but most of all, uh, Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus is such a such a good show. If you're not watching Slow Horses, check that out. Uh, Gary Oldman at his finest. Uh, it's fantastic. So good eye fanboy. Listen to the whole discussion there. That was a fun one. Um, but we want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You guys are fantastic. We do it for you, the Android community, um, because we love Android. We love talking about to, about it with you every week. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Uh, we publish this podcast every Tuesday evening after we live stream it out on YouTube and Twitch. Thanks to our friends and uh parents or whatnot at Daily Tech News Show for letting us uh, hang out on their YouTube and Twitch channels. Um, definitely want to check it out. Email us at contact at androidfaithful.com and make sure you go to androidfaithful.com where you can subscribe, find all the links, everything, find the Patreon, everything you need is there. Um, and until next time, we'll be back here because we are the Android Faithful. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.